Hey listeners, this is your host, Brother X. I've come to you guys before today's episode, and I wanted to just make sure I put the disclaimer out here. Nothing crazy happened in today's episode, but I want to make sure that it's clear that all views and opinions that are expressed in this week's discussion are of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the opinions or thoughts of the Truth and Transparency podcast. With that being said, guys, let's get started with today's episode. back to another episode of the truth and transparency podcast with your host brother x and the cultured the cultured the the the, the cultured scientist why you sound like an 80s sitcom i don't know i was sitting here giggling trying to figure out what i was going to do this time and that's what came out no i can see it i saw the wheels turning the hamster was working overtime wasn't it it was more like hmm what will be brother x's response well, now we know. And here on the Truth and Transparency Podcast, we talk about everything in between why people can't get right in 2022, why people have no cooth, and um, why um, people need to stay off uh, HBCU lacrosse team's uh, buses when they're coming back from a game. We're not going to talk about it today, but if you know, stop being racist. I don't know. I should probably go look that up later. I'll send it to you later. So I just want to make sure that I put that out there. And today, I guess, um, we want to make sure you guys know that we're having a full house, so we're going to be having a lot of people up in here. We got a little house function. We got a little music in the bathroom in the background. Might got a little Kendrick Lamar, but we might get to that later. So first and foremost, you have myself, Brother X. You have the culture scientist. Um, but let's go ahead and get to our guest. Um, she's back. She went back. She's gotten back from wherever she was with the blue and the cheetah print. Quincy, introduce yourself. You know what? It's so funny you said something about cheetah print because I got on my cheetah print pajama bottoms right now. It's like clockwork. I know it, man. I've just, I mean, I know they can't see it, but hello. There wow. we go. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, anyway, listeners, Queen C back again, 61 and a half inches of fluff, fun, and whatever else. I don't know. I'm tired, y'all. It's been a day. I can see it in your eyes, man. Your, your, your eyebrows look long. You know what? Catching up to you, girl. That means that you're tired. That's an old expression. Don't worry about it. Um, but thank you, Queen C. Um, next, we got my little cuzzo going to the illustrious Hampton University. My cuzzo, Cherie, if you want to introduce yourself. Hello, everybody. My name is Cherie. And yes, I go to the illustrious Hampton University. And I am proud to be here. So hello, everybody. Yeah. I accepted for her. Yeah, we we all know y'all. Yeah, yeah, we deep in this thing. Gang, 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 gang. All right. Today. I, I'll say most days. I mean, you, I mean, some people from Charlotte University, you know who you are. You have been more than welcome on the podcast. Y'all need to stop running and hiding. It's okay. Um, but also we have a couple with us this week, which is the Bowers. Would you like to go ahead and introduce yourselves? Yeah, actually, our name is Bowser. Um, I'm so sorry. Mario Animal, I mean, the Mario character. Um, and we have been together for almost 12 years. We're the owner of Peanut Butter Jams and Positive Image Custom Embroidery, which I guess we'll get into a little bit later. Yes. And again, I do apologize. Um, 
the people who have been on the show will recognize that I will rob Burgundy a lot of things, and I do apologize in advance. I will do my best to make sure I don't say it incorrectly. It's all good. We told you about this chat, Queen. So you got one more time. We ain't even five minutes into the podcast, and you ain't had no coop already. When we have guests over the house, you know what time it is. I got you. No. Why, why, why are you doing it's this? It's time to pronounce their names correctly. That's all I'm saying. Ma'am, ma'am, we're not doing this. Ma'am, I promise you, I'm being polite because I got my cousin on the show. All right. So we're actually going to go ahead and move into our first mini segment, which is going to be. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you want an introduction? The man with no names and no nicknames himself. Mr. Smith, go introduce yourself. We would not have a show without him. For real, for real. But I'm sure he is tired of these nicknames, man. What you want from me, man? We ain't got no more. I ain't got no more bullets in the clip. That's fine. I don't need you to have bullets in the clip. I'm just the engineer. That's all you got to do. <laughs> Anywho. Oh, man, I got to be dramatic about it. All right, so Mr. Smith, introduce yourself. Oh, Lord. Anywho, uh, it's your favorite fed's favorite fed, Mr. Smith, also known as the sound by Poppy, also known as Mr. Leroy And I want to thank all the listeners for the plays, the comments, and subscriptions. Keep feeding us and we'll keep feeding y'all. Don't really have much this week. Uh, protect your mental, protect your health, and uh, these white folks is crazy out here. I mean, that, that, that just pretty much just says all it needs to say right there, but these white folks is crazy. Yeah, so we, um, so yeah, you're not wrong, <laughs> but we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but Mr. Smith, do you want to go ahead and get into your mini segment? Yes. So, uh, this week is really just simply NBA news, um, with the playoffs going on the last time that you heard from us listeners, the uh heat the miami heat pretty much whooped the 76ers ass and james harding is now officially not a superstar he can he pretty much collapses in the playoffs i'm gonna call it what it is but outside uh, of all that real quick mm-hmm. as a part of the the beard delegation we need to go ahead and snatch his beard off he don't deserve it no more you know you know if he snatches his beard off he's like samson the bible he loses all his powers um it's a little bit too late for that he already lost all his powers Okay. Um, uh, you, he loses money at certain establishments. We won't say right now. Ah, uh, yeah, we not. Yeah, we just gonna leave that one alone. Uh, as predicted, like I said last time, warrior, um, listeners, brother X's Warriors went on to defeat the Grizzlies in six games. His boy Clay Thompson pretty much just said, "I, right, I'm gonna head out," and just pretty much closed out the game. But the one that I'm more worried, I'm most worried about, or the one that I'm, I'm just interested in is uh, the Phoenix Suns. I don't know how to feel about the fact that a game seven at home and y'all got blown out by 30, almost 40 points from a team that literally legitly has one superstar and a whole bunch of role players. And you have two, like a spade's hand, two of the possible superstars, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. The tall boy in the back. Yeah, he's, he's, he's almost there. Uh, but you got like literally how disrespectful was it that this dude came into your house and had as many points at the half by himself as y'all did and laughed every time he scored. You want to talk about disrespect? Bruh. Oh, no. Um, uh, you got to treat him like 50 cents. You got to shoot that man. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta see you outside. So I'm gonna go with the with the the uh, the tweet where they said, you know, if the if the Phoenix Suns, who let's be clear, were the number one seed in the whole playoffs. I can't call CP3 CP3 anymore. I got to call him Christopher because he's got to get his uh, his uh, original English name. That man got worked. And even though he said he had a quad injury, whatever, they always have injuries. It's always an excuse. So I'm looking forward to these uh, the rest of these playoffs. I'm actually interested to see how Brother X's Warriors do against the Mavs and the Heat against the Celtics. I'm enjoying it. The, uh, as of this recording, the Heat took round uh, game one in Miami versus Boston. So It'll be an interesting series, but that is all for Mr. Smith's Sports Center. We can't play the music because it's copyrighted and we ain't got money to pay for it. So, um, banana, banana. Yeah, no. You ain't got to do the whole thing. You just got to nope, do nope. up to the just, line. Just well, two seconds. So up to the line, but don't go past it. So now we're going to get into um, the normal, the next segment, which is Brother X streaming. So in this segment, we have to talk about Brother X and what shows that he is streaming on <laughs> all month. the streaming. This month. Well, I mean, if you had something you want to... You're right. Continue. But is it is mine. You are co-hosting it this time. Uh, our segment, since we're getting married. Our, yours, mine, ours. We can do this for hours. <laughs> See what I did there? All right. So in this streaming segment, we're actually going to talk about... I'm going I'm to talk to my sci-fi heads for a second. On Paramount Plus, there is um not necessarily a reboot, but a necessary, it's a retelling of like the initial or like the first star trek series i forget the exact name of it but it is the is a retelling or reimagining of star trek and for those who are star trek heads and a little history about me one of my things that i used to do growing up with my parents was we used to watch star trek all the time so i'm a big star trek fan so on paramount plus there's new uh star trek show that it is actually on that you should really check out it is modernized but it's also kind of retelling the stories um for those who aren't familiar, they also have an updated version of, I want to say name is Aurora. If you are familiar with any type of history, she was one of the first um, Black female actresses in sci-fi that was well-known both for her looks and for her, she wasn't just a background character. She wasn't just eye candy. So they have someone who is representing her really well. There's only about two or three episodes. They come out every Thursday. So definitely check it out on there. So again, that is Brother X Streaming. Coach of Scientists, do you have anything? Nope, you got it this week. Okay, disrespect me one more time. We go, I'm gonna shut this whole thing down. Real Mariah Carey, like, all right. So, all right. I thought she had some insights, but I didn't think I'd be attacked. She does have some insights, but you know, you get attacked at least once or twice. I I didn't even give her, I didn't even insult her about her height or the amount of steps she got in her house. You were nice this week. I didn't do nothing. See, I do. I didn't throw no jabs. I am here for corrective action. Quincy, did you wake up and choose violence? Apparently. Every day. She's falling asleep and choosing violence is what she's probably doing right now, the way she looked tired. (sighs) Now, mind you. (laughs) All right. Now, mind you, is our (laughs) next segment where we actually go into stuff that we uh there's storytelling that we have and in the black vernacular we use the term now mind you to tell you key or vital story that might you might find interesting or important to the overall story now mind you this week is going to be focused on three different uh three different things if i can talk correctly shut up queen c (laughs) the first story um coach scientist i would like for you to read this first uh headline 
Julia Fox goes grocery shopping in underwear and a denim blazer. Says she's preparing for the apocalypse. Um, Mrs. Smith, can you scroll down and show the picture? Um, listen, for those who cannot see, it is of a white woman um, in her uh, a bralette set. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that the correct term? I don't know. I have a question, though. Oh, let, me fin- let me finish the scrap. And she has on some denim boots and a denim blazer. This is actually a really cute picture. Is it, though? Yeah. She got on. Like, if they were to put this on a, on a cover and touch it up a little bit on a magazine, somebody would buy that magazine. That's fine, but not when we go into Kroger's. Listen. I'm not saying what she's doing is okay. I'm We're not going saying. to the Piggly Weekly wearing this. We live only a couple out here, but I'm saying. I'm just, I, I get it. But for listeners behind the home, it is something that is very odd, very not normal. Exactly. And to give those who don't know a quick history lesson, Julia uh, Julia Fox is a is the ex of Kanye West. She's also right. an actress, or she's also known well for her um, portrayal in the movie Uncut Gems. And um, coming out the house like she ain't got no mama. I know why. Is it because she's white? No, it's because she dated Kanye. I'm sorry, Kanye, but... Ah. So um, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to open up the floor to anyone who would like to share. Um, Mrs. Smith, go ahead. Wait, I just have one. Uh, ask my actual question. What, what is your actual question? How was this dress like this mm-hmm. preparing you for the apocalypse that's all uh she's going to offer up her body sheesh maybe i don't know no nothing okay oh yeah go ahead cut this part out that that didn't hit go ahead cut no out. no no it's fine it's just coach of scientists took my exact point oh i'm sorry Wait. oh no no you're wow. fine <laughs> coach of scientists is stealing people's ideas and jokes that's crazy i would never do that <laughs> Mm, I'm going I'm to keep my comments to myself. <laughs> Anywho, uh, yeah, like, it, I, there are so many questions, but the biggest thing is, again, how does this prepare you for the apocalypse? And then furthermore, I'm going to call it what the hell it is. If it's a white woman doing this, oh, this is fashion. If a black woman does this, it's ratchet as hell. And then the media is going to be like, oh, my God, why does she have no parents back at the house? Oh, my God, what's her upbringing? Get all ratchet, get all ratchet. But a white girl's like, oh, my God, she's so, like, strong and willful. And she can actually, like, take risk. I am so uh, admiring her determination. Like, ain't nobody going, no, first of all, ain't nobody want to see that. You ain't got no ass. You got, you got a nice flat stomach. I'll give you that. But you ain't got no ass. Because and- you don't eat true no no she eat she eat whatever souls kanye leaves behind but i'm going to come for this malnourished malmelanated person right on my screen but but yeah it's just for, like brother x said for you to go to kroger's giant piggly wiggly like that why just what 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 were you doing what what is this what is what why are we doing this and then furthermore that's a dirty ass bmw I'm just gonna put that out there. If you if you that famous, you kind of want to keep your car clean. Just saying, but that's just me. That's all. Well, I mean, you talking to someone who dated Kanye West who got them workman boots on. I, I still will not forgive him for being at the Super Bowl in that hot ass getup. <laughs> and it's like, just why? I know you were sweating, and then you paid well over like hundreds of thousands of dollars for your seat to look like an unlocked character in a video game. What was the point? <laughs> Uh, Quincy, 
Um, so Brother X, I know you gave the description of her, but how about who this woman? We don't we don't know her. Um well, the I'ma call her Carpenter's Delight. Flat as a board, easy to nail. Emotional, damn it. You wow. Um so Second, points are being made. Second point. The damn bag got more fabric on than she do. That's a problem. Mm, talk about it. Um, <laughs> just I just want to correct something. The crazy yeah. part is that's not her bag. Those are her pants. Why? Yeah. I, <laughs> so I, I, so if why? <laughs> wait. Why? <laughs> you are so, asking excellent questions. <laughs> so basically she knew what she was doing and she knew that she had the possibility of getting kicked out of the store without having pants on so she brought pants with her but then the crazy part is she has groceries with the pants so it's like what no 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 what it looks like but she tied the pants like a bag she turned her pants into a bag oh shit i didn't even notice that Yeah, yeah it's a bag okay Original statement stands. Let me let me get my cousin in here. Uh, Tree, go ahead. Um, my question is, whose idea was this? Who said you know this is a good idea to come out and do this? Like, whose idea was it? Kanye for ten thousand, please. Oh no no no, we can't even play it in Kanye. They're broken up. Actually, he got himself a great value version of Kim Kardashian now, so he's not with the white woman no more. Mr. Smith, you know what this reminds me of? Um, before I go any further, um, and I go into my soliloquy about what, why we don't do denim outfits no more. Um, does anyone else have any thoughts? No. Okay. So, um, I, yes, Queen C. One more. This is a very bad version of the uh, Justin Timberlake, Britney Spears VMAs outfit. Mm. So, as as I can ascertain from all this, I will actually say that. Um, you know what this reminds me of? I remember way back in time, back, 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 way back, a very dark time, when um, a certain R&B artist who got dragged because he wanted to go to country music after using Black people for hip-hop credibility, um, a young Justin Timberlake, if, if, if you go with me, go way back in time, in the early 2000s, because oh, you might not remember this as well, you might be yay high, but him and uh, the woman that he was with at the time, uh, uh, you might know her, Britney Spears, wore a particular outfit, if you remember from this music award show. They had on a matching custom-made denim suit and outfit. Listeners, help me understand, when is that ever okay? I heard one podcast explain very um, correctly, jeans are some of the most uncomfortable pairs of clothing of all time. So, why is this why, why are we doing this in 2022 but i digress um now we're gonna move forward um first and foremost listeners we're about to talk into some very um very sensitive and triggering subject we have to talk about the news in regards to um the shooting in buffalo and we're going to get into this in just a moment but if you are sensitive to this type of trauma we do ask that if you feel comfortable you may skip ahead. Um, Mrs. Smith will come in at this point right here. 
Hey listeners, it's your favorite sound engineer, Mr. Smith, and just wanted to give a quick disclaimer. Uh, this segment will go heavy into the Buffalo mass shooting, and we understand that this still may be triggering for some folks. So I will have the timestamp in the description below, but the segment is about 21 minutes long. So if you want to skip ahead, we understand that we'll have the timestamp below in the description. But outside of that, let's get back to the show. <laughs> And thank you. Um, with that being said, let's go ahead and get to it. Mr. Smith, can you go ahead and lead us off? Okay. So, listeners, if you were, have been under a rock, which I'm sure you haven't, because this thing has been all over the place, uh, there was a Buffalo shooting where a Broome County 18-year-old decided to drive 200 miles to Buffalo in order to do a mass shooting of black people. And he shot, he fatally shot 10 people at a top friendly supermarket at Jefferson Avenue Saturday afternoon, which would have been, I believe May the 14th. So um, he actually made a manifesto where he put a whole bunch of like racially motivated stuff about how I think it's called the replacement theory is what he was uh, insinuating. And along with that, he live streamed or on Twitch, the whole shooting. Now, me personally, listeners for my mental health, I did not watch the shooting, but I already like kind of pictured everything that happened. Um, the thing that sticks out to me though, is in the middle of the shooting, I did see one clip where he's running up to the registers and he's, I think he's already taken out like three or four people. He sees a white person, aims his gun, and a white person says, please don't shoot me. And he says, oh, sorry, and walks off and starts uh, hunting for other Black people. So number one, there's your, your intent right there that he went to specifically shoot Black people. Um, he had a racial expertise. He had nigga on his rifle. And um, above all else, the thing that pisses off of Black people was he was taken into custody with no issue. He had body armor on, military-style clothing, had an AR-15, and this man got taken into custody with no issue. Meanwhile, we can get pulled over for a stop sign, and dear God, if we turn our hand the wrong way, we get shot. So the thing that sticks out to me the most was, of course, as we all know, listeners, uh, I'm going to say news media, the white news media decides it wants to flip it. And if it's a black person that's in the 18 years old, oh, they were, uh, they knew what they were doing. They're adults, whatever, even if they're 16. This white 18 year old, they're just like, what about his mental health? What about his upbringing? So they asked, you know, uh, a pastor who was already, you know, uh, at the scene, he was trying to talk and everything. And one of the people said, hey, do you think that his brain was fully developed before he did this? And I just want you to listen to his answer on that. What they do, y'all ready for it? Here it come now. What, what about mental illness? You know, the brains of 18-year-old uh, males especially are not fully formed. Is, is there a possibility that there was some kind of mental illness that triggered this? Well, here's the crazy part. Uh, tomorrow I'm preaching about mental illness and murder with Cain and Abel. Mm. But uh, although his brain may not have been fully formed, at 18, his brain was fully formed enough to pick up a weapon and drive to Buffalo. His brain was fully formed enough to put his finger on a trigger 
His brain was fully formed enough to point at people, at women, at anybody who was in his path. His brain was fully formed. Yeah, and, and if it hasn't been fully formed, it should be fully formed, hopefully by the time he gets out of jail. And if he gets out of jail, because at the end of the day, 18 is formed enough to know better. So I'm going to save my comments for the end, but um, that was just a recap of everything that happened within the Buffalo shooting. And it's just, it really messes with me. But of course, within the podcasting world and content, we have to talk about these things that being truthful and transparent. So brother X, I'll throw it back to you. Uh, thank you, Mr. Smith. So as we talk to this, we want to make sure that our thoughts and our prayers truly do go towards those who we're experiencing this tragedy and we pray for the families to find peace and that goes beyond understanding and to also pray that they receive justice for what has happened to this family because there are so many tragic stories that I won't get into because I'm not trying to get into a mental health space where I'm really not trying to be at but we talked about this in regards to I think we talked about Kyle Rittenhauer is the is the adult male and I'm going to say that correctly, the adult male who traveled, had his mother drive him to another, across state lines, I think it was, correct me if I'm wrong, to do some of this foolishness, this buffoonery, this asinine behavior. And for you to do that, just because you're trying to make some type of statement, you have this manifesto about all of your beliefs and all that stuff, what gives you the right, the audacity that you feel like you can act upon these things and then, and I know why you did it, because you don't, if you didn't, you automatically go to jail. Then have the nerve or audacity to plead not guilty. Make that make sense. Sir, we still have bodies that are laying right beside you, and your fingerprints are probably on the bullets. If we're being honest. Like, that's beyond unacceptable. And I know that we try to not always interject ourselves in some of these stories, but Kozo, you and I both know, Buffalo is not that far away from where a lot of our family is from. Correct me if I'm wrong. And when I heard it, I had nothing but also thoughts about like, God forbid it was Rochester instead of Buffalo. Jesus and all 12 of his disciples would not be able to calm the fury and the righteous rage that I would have if something were to happen to any of my family. So you can miss me with these, oh, is he mentally like developed, all that stuff. You play grown folk games, you get grown folk prizes and consequences. Let's just make that real. And that's just my two cents on it. Um, I'll let anyone else chime in if they feel led to. Um, Quincy? Yeah, like you said, we don't have to go through the history of the different mass shootings and attacks on Black people, but I just got one thing to say. I am so sick and tired of my brothers and sisters being hunted like animals. Racism, they say, is a disease. Somebody find the fucking cure and find it quick. We're tired. We're weary. This all this trauma porn people are creating, going in, live streaming videos of mass murders. It's too much. At some point, enough is enough. 
I'm just trying to figure out when America's going to say when. Because it doesn't seem like they're doing anything to try to stop this. In fact, we know they're not. Every time, like y'all said, it's a white male. It's, oh, he had mental health issues, this, that, and the third. Oh, he didn't seem like that type of person. You sure? Because the kids he went to school with will probably tell you a different story. The teachers who taught him will probably tell you a different story. The kids he bullied would probably tell you a different story. Miss me with that bullshit. Stop hunting my people. I'm tired. Yeah, nah, that, that, that's real. Um, I want to make sure I, had, I allow for anyone else. Um, Sheree, or the, I apologize if I say wrong, the Bowsers. Um, if you guys have anything, you, you're free to chime in. Uh, go ahead, Sheree. Um, when I think of this, I am a tad bit, no, not even a tad bit. I am heartbroken entirely. Um, what I was taught in school is that certain things like this are start in the home, like what you, what you're taught is started in the home and stuff like that. So, you know, as you're growing up, you're supposed to teach people to love each other. You're supposed to teach each other to get along, how to share, how to be a person in the society. And it's sad when, um, we see younger people that's close to my age, um, go against that. And it's, it's sad that, for instance, in Buffalo, I heard on the news, um, I heard on the news that that tops, um, area was the only grocery, major grocery store, um, in their community. So it's, it's sad to see that you're taking away such a big resource and you're also killing our people. It's, it's very heartbreaking to me. I'm sorry. Like it's heartbreaking. So, I mean, uh, yes, go ahead. So we, I will say we, cause we are kind of having our own discussions on the side, have a collective thought that's probably unpopular, right? We get into these situations where we're talking about it and then we protest and then we talk about it and then we protest and then we're upset and then we protest. But until we move into legislation, until we become judges and police officers and commissioners, you know, the change that we want to see, which I don't have a desire to do any of those things, which is why I normally keep quiet for the most part. Um, I have participated in a lot of different marches, especially when I lived in Maryland in the DC area. But the change that we desire to see has to start with us and we have to push our children and this up and coming generation into the place to make that change. Right now, I think like it's kind of repetitive, right? We're upset, we're outraged, we're frustrated, but we don't have action. And there's almost nothing that we can do about it. Even if we went all the way down to his childhood, back to when he was two and, you know, used to have a black best friend, but he moved away and then he hated black people. There is nothing that we're going to be able to do about what he did to those people until we have the right people in place to electrocute him or, you know, have some type of repercussions for, like you said, those adult games that he's playing. So I don't know. It's not something that I publicly speak on because it is traumatic. I've never lost anyone to something like that, but I just feel like aside from voicing my frustrations and joining the marches, which like I said, I've done, um, that's not getting us to the next place. Like we have got to 
stand this next generation up to be able to make those changes because we're now like in our careers. So if you're not already a lawyer or you're not already on the police force or if you're not, you know, in politics, we've kind of missed that opportunity to to put policies in place, even with the people that we're supposed to be able to rely on, like our politicians. So that's no, our No, I'm not saying and and I'll say at least for me, and I won't and this not even just the podcast, I think that you're not wrong in that. I don't necessarily think that it's an unpopular opinion, maybe at least not in the circles that I'm in, that I think that part of why I'm in education is because I wanted to be that person that I needed when I was a kid and to try to help teach and navigate in those spaces so that you're able to, one, know how to assess the situation, two, know how to navigate it, and three, be able to stand in the uncomfortable spaces when you need to, to be able to prevent something that is wrong is wrong and something that is right for right and you are able to know the difference to help someone who is not able to speak up or defend for themselves so i definitely respect that go ahead so my question i guess would be if our circles look like us how do we prevent people like him so without getting too far because i want to make sure that i do create space for uh, the coach scientists for something i would say my initial space is that we have to go to those uncomfortable spaces. I'll tell you right now, the school that I teach at, I teach a in a space that I won't say it's predominantly uh, uh, Caucasian, but it is a vast majority trying to get in those spaces, trying to get on those boards, trying to, if we're taking it from a school uh, system standpoint, if you are a parent being on those PTA boards and sitting in on these meetings with the leadership at your schools, if we're talking about in the local elections, making sure that you carve out time, not only for yourself, but to your point about the next generation, bringing your children to these council meetings, bringing your team, your children to these board meetings where they're having these discussions where policy are made, make sure they're exposed to this stuff so that we don't get the conversation of, well, I was never taught this in school. Well, as a parent, you're able to bring that child into that space where they're able to hear these things. It's not foreign concepts. So they're not having the okie doke or the wool poured over the eyes when their certain terminology is used to give a very short answer. I would love to go further, but I wanna make sure that I allow space for the coach scientists to share. I was gonna say, honestly, that's a good, I I, I texted uh, Mr. Smith, that was a great question. As a hit, we should have a topic on that as a mm. discussion in the future. Um, but I was gonna say, I follow along the same lines of what you just described. Um, in all honesty, I often don't speak my feelings on it because I'm exhausted. It is a cycle and I am extremely exhausted of the cycle. And I always wonder how can we make this change or how is it going to work? And for, I guess the part for me that I would approach, how I approach trying to change the face in my own way is I know it's unfair that we have to be the educators to fight against racism. But if somebody asks me, I'm more of a person who will answer a question about being Black from my perspective. And I always let them know, from my perspective, this is what has happened. I, I choose opportunities to educate versus steering away. And I feel like that's the only way as an entire culture and an entire world, we're going to grow. Because, for example, take away from the Black culture. One of my past co-workers was from uh, Nepal. Mm-hmm. and I mistakenly kept referring to him as Indian, mm-hmm. and he kept, at some point, he got frustrated with me, 
And I said, you've worked with me a couple of months by now. You know that I mean absolutely no harm. Out of, out of everybody, mm. I usually am trying to understand. So instead of getting mad at me, educate me. Tell me the difference. Explain the difference. So then the next person, I can pass that knowledge on. And that's the only way I think we're going to be able to grow. It's going to be slow. It may not be in our lifetime. But um, cheers to one of our past guests, um, Desi. Mm -hmm. She asked a question a long time ago, how do you identify? And this this goes back to this whole shooting and us as a race. Um, She's like, how do you identify? And I chose Black women and human. And they laughed at me saying, you can't choose human as an identification. I said, why not? We are all of the human race, are we not? Mm-hmm. And to me, that's what we all need to focus on and start there and be able to remember that, that we are all human first. Mm-hmm. And, and the scientists in me, <laughs> take all the skin away. You all got the same stuff, okay? Sorry, I say. I mean, I got a little extra fat. I got a little push on Okay, everybody, you know, some people got fat. I mean, I said, hey, I, I ain't got a tire, but I got a little pouch. It's a little bit of a kangaroo, but we're not talking about that. Um, Mrs. Smith. All right, I'm going to go ahead and end this off so we can move on. Because again, listeners, we don't want to be, you know, put too much on the subject, but it needs to be talked about. And I'm going to make sure I give this warning now. This is not the truth and transparency of what I'm about to say. This is Mr. Smith direct all hate mail to me for this, not them. Thank you. Your check is in the mail. You're welcome. Um, As they said, we're tired. And and, and, And their cycle goes around and around and around again the shooting happens the white people say thoughts and prayers then there's a investigation then they go to trial and they or if they go to trial and if they do go to trial somehow they're going to get flipped for up uh, not guilty for mental illness or not guilty by a jury it appears or not guilty by the, like we know the rhetoric it has to be very egregious and even though this is egregious and i'm sure everyone in this podcast will agree with me there is one piece, of, one piece in the back of your head that says this boy got a 50-50 shot of, not be, of being found not guilty. Even with all the evidence, even with the manifesto, even with the Twitch video, even with, even with the gun, the prints, everything. They're like, you know what? He somehow had an evil twin that came from a parallel universe and somehow they pulled the trigger. Like that's going to be the bullshit they're going to say. Um, but white people, and I'm, I'm talking specifically to y'all, Keep fucking around. Ain't gonna be too much thoughts and prayers no more. There's gonna be some action, and the action that we had, we gonna give you. It ain't gonna be the one you want. There was, as Brother X alluded to earlier in the podcast, the bus, the bus of Delaware State volleyball players that, uh, or no, women's sports team. I don't want to. I want to make sure I get the right. Um, but they got stopped for a left lane traffic violation, which fine, and then. The sheriff got on the bus, saw that they were all black and said, oh, maybe they have drugs on them. Let's get the K-9 unit. Nigga, what? They're just coming back from a freaking... And then, and then the, the mayor or whoever he is had the audacity. He's black to be like, well, we stopped a couple commercial vehicles on the way and they had it. Was there any inclination? Anything? No? Okay, bet. The other thing that comes up, and I want to make sure I get this right. In Dallas, white boy goes to the neighbor's house Bangs on the door with a whip, talking about come outside. The mother of the daughter, the black woman, is like, get off my property. The son ends up messing up the car and goes home. 
The father comes home, wife tell, black wife tells black husband, hey, this is what happened. It's on the ring camera. Here's your evidence. Black husband walks across the street like, hey, I need to talk to you. Your son was tripping and he banging on my door with a whip. Here's evidence. The white dad goes, I don't know what you're talking about. And I need you to get out my property. And then brandishes the gun. He's like, I, my son don't do that type of stuff. He's like, I'm trying to show you evidence. And he shows the gun. This is what we're talking about. So I say this to say, I don't speak for all black people. I speak for myself. I have been trained in handgun placement as far as rifle placement and everything in between. I have been in a, in a young Marines military organization. Pull up on me if you want to with that crap. I promise you ain't going to end the way you want. And I'm not even going to try to. I'm going to give you a. And I'm going to make sure that I get something that's not that's not murder or anything like that, because I know the laws. And I know we're going to have to bleep this out. I know I've already bleeped it out. Mm -hmm. But. <laughs> I, I just need you to know because oh, yeah. I promise you I was going to come in. Uh, at the top set, uh, <laughs> yeah. of course, Wait, uh, don't you work for the government? Yeah. Uh, you got a, a clearance? Go ahead. Oh, go. yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I, I, oh, no, I'm going to bleep some of this out. Don't worry about that. But pull up on me if you want to. I ain't the Negro that gives you thoughts and prayers. I'm the Negro that gives you action. God damn. You, Straight you up. was riding that line for a good minute. <laughs> <laughs> right. He was like, oh, uh, I, I Quincy, I promise I would love to, but we have to move on. I'm just be cognizant of time. So we're going to go ahead and segue. Since we're on the Black experience and all those things, we're actually going to go ahead. And you know, we talked about it on the last episode. We will be remiss if we didn't talk about Kung Fu Kenny, K-Dot, Mr. Morale, and the Big Steppers. Oh, man. I'm surprised you didn't have the Aussie brothers on this. But um, Mr. Smith, bring us in. Oh, I'm sorry, Coach Scientist. Would you like to go ahead? I mean, you had a whole setup. I'm uh, sorry. You want to go? I just, I just I take a sip. Say, you take a sip. I don't want to say my favorite song off that. Oh, oh, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. I promise. I promise. I promise. Mr. Smith, go ahead. So, as we as we alluded to in the previous episode, Kendrick Lamar dropped his album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. It is a double album. Uh, the first album. Now, the thing that throws me off, though, is that you don't know which part is Mr. Morale, which part is the Big Steppers. Uh, when talking to some people, I feel like the Big Steppers is the first album, and then Mr. Morale is the second album, probably. But um, listeners, this is exactly why I like these types of artists that take their time and energy. They don't crank out albums every year. Like he had uh, a story. He had like he's been going like even it, the first line. I've been going through something, one thousand something and something days, which I actually did the math, and it's five years. So it's right after damn so it was perfect um but yeah this album was ridiculous i'm just gonna say it off top if you listen to we cry together and you are that type of relationship break the hell up because bruh that was a lot <laughs> i'm about to say if you was like man i can relate to that boo boo you missed the message <laughs> this this ain't this, this ain't it i need you to to break up with them and break up with yourself because you need help. You need therapy. Yes. But that was pretty much his whole album was one big ass therapy session. And I mean, I'm talking, it was great. But I'll save my favorite song for the for the end. So back to you, brother X. So it is phenomenal. Like Mrs. Smith said, when you have an artist who takes time in their artistry and you can see, you can hear effort being put in. You can hear songs that are just throwaway songs that they may have, recorded, but it was like, eh, I'll throw it on there to fill up space. One thing I have loved about 
Kendrick and my favorite artist, J. Cole, is that they're very intentional with every musical sound, the artistry, the tempo of the songs, the change up, the, the flows, everything is for a purpose to tell a story. If nothing else on this podcast, Mr. Smith will tell you, Coach Hots and all, most of our guests will tell you, we love storytelling and we love bars. And with that, you're not going to get better in this, our current generation, than in Kendrick Lamar or J. Cole. But we're not focused on J. Cole right now, which is crazy for me to say. But just, I love throughout each of the songs, I just love how he just, it flowed. It was like, to use the term, it was like, it was like a symphony. Like you, like you went to like a very like live, like big instrumentation performance. Yes. It was a beautiful West Coast symphony dedicated to all the West Coast musicians. This is very true. That's how I feel. Cause um, I'm gonna say it. Thank okay. you. Rich spirit right there. <laughs> right there. All West Coast through and through. And for me being from Vegas or um, to my annoying friends, Henderson, Nevada, <laughs> I, it gets easier every time you say it, does it? It does not, but I just don't feel like hearing their comments. So, you know, it, it filled my spirit mm. because it was really nice. And then when I also, when I, the entire album touches to all the issues going on in the world. It talks about looking within your own self. It has a whole bunch of things going on in it. Um, and I appreciate it. And that's all I, you know, so, you know, count me out. Okay. Rich spirit. Hey, hey, uh, do some songs for everybody else. <sighs> all right. And if you, uh, warning, don't listen to Re- We Cry Together if you're uh, in, a tra- in a bad relationship. That, that, that's a polite way of putting things, yes. Um, definitely not a radio, not a radio single by any means. <laughs> can't have that. Not like- not, I'm sorry. The chorus alone, you can't play it on the radio. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. It'd be like that Poo Tang song that goes like all the whole time. <laughs> you don't hear nothing, but it's crazy. Um, let's go around real quick. Everybody kind of say their favorite song. I know we didn't get a chance to hear everybody's takes, but we're kind of press for time just a little bit. We need to get to the good stuff. We do. Um, Quincy, what is your favorite song off the album? Yes, you know I was coming to you because I saw you looking. I had to do real teacher like. No, I was looking at my phone because I have it up. Uh, but Culture Scientist already said one of my favorites, which is Count Me Out. Um, but outside of that, I would say N95. Respect, respect. Uh, Sheree? Culture Scientist also said one of my favorite, um, Rich Spirit. Yes, she spoke to me. Um, again, I'm, I'm going to keep it positive every time because if I mess it up, I want you to know I'm sorry in advance. The Bowser, the Bowser, Bowser, I'm sorry. Are you covering disc one or disc two? Uh, you, I'm about to say, you, whichever one that speaks most to you. Okay, I'm going to go to uh, disc two, Auntie's Diary. Mm. Um, you preaching right there yeah very deep song um he kind of touch on how his aunt you know crossed over to be mm-hmm. a man and uh hurt influence in his life and she was actually like one of the first people that showed him introduced him to rapping mm. phenomenal that's my third favorite song <laughs> uh mr smith um 
So I, I, I it, I'm stuck, right? Again, Coach Ty just said the best. N95 is good. United and Grief is good. For me, the one that I stick out to, Savior. Mm. Because the line that he said, uh, where he said, um, uh, Christians uh, looking at the vaccine like the mark of the beast, then they get, then they get the, then they get the virus and pray to Pfizer for relief. Then I got the virus and started to blame Ky- and started to doubt Kyrie. I was like, oh shit. Mm. I was like, oh, everybody named Mama looking at Kyrie. So what you gonna do now? <laughs> but we ain't like, gotta get to that. That speaks yeah. to scientists and me. Talk about it. But um, I'll finish up and I wanted to share something that I shared on Facebook as well. Um, I would say you guys have touched on most of the ones I like. I also like Purple Hearts. Purple Hearts is one of one I, I rock with because I didn't realize at first it was Summer Walker singing on that track at first because she has a she's musically similar to some other artists that I listen to. But I will say that one thing that was shared through um, Complex and uh, via Apple Music is the description that they kind of gave with the album. And I'll say it real quick. The, the project is split into two parts, each comp, uh, comprising nine songs, all of which serve to illuminate Lamar's continuous evolving worldview. Central to Lamar's thesis is accountability. We we'll always love accountability. And the MC has painstakingly itemized his shortcomings, assessing his relationship to money and united in grief, white women and worldwide steppers. We don't have to have a conversation about that another day. Um, his father and father time, the limits of his loyalty, rich spirit, love in the context of her heteronormative, and I apologize how I butchered that word. Um, those relationships, we cry together, purple hearts, motivation, and so on and so on. And I'll um, I'll share it on the Instagram page so you guys can read it in further detail. But you just hearing all that stuff is just again to my beginning point. The artistry behind it is so phenomenal. Coach do you have one last thing. He always, always, always has a good violin mm, going always. somewhere. Got somebody on speed dial. Some violins. Mm. Okay. All right, Mrs. Smith. We, this got to be the last one. I'm about to say it. I'm going to end it right here. For one quick thing. The friend would kill me if I didn't say this. You guys have already said all of them. The Rich Spirit as well as N95. But also Silent Hill, even though I don't like Kodak Black, that chorus for some reason is really catchy where it says, put my pet like hood. That 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 was hilarious. <laughs> but but um, that, that mess will be stuck in your head. It will. But Mother I Sober, the fact that he, he admitted on wax that he cheated on his fiance, I was like, oh damn. Damn, this this man is this man is incredible. The fact that you had the bravery to say, I'm gonna put something out that's gonna be consumed by millions of people. That the fiance I have two kids with, I've cheated on with white girls, and the fact that she was the one that told you to get there. Woo! This album, I, I'm this is my summer album. I'm just putting it right right now, album of the year. Just putting it out there. That, that that's not a bold statement, but that's a strong statement. Ooh, yeah. is that what we planning on the way to the cookout? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we'll see because you know we try to be happy. Depends on the song that we try. Uh, in my brain, I'm happy when I listen to all of his music. I don't actually like, just, eat, uh, eat. Even we cry together. Oh, I didn't listen. I don't listen to that like on a regular. She in a happy relationship. She don't need that type of violence. Totally have a conversation. But we're going to move on into our next segment, which I'm going to let them take away after I introduce it, which is our Black Business Highlight. Um, In the Black Business Highlight, we like to highlight businesses both in the North Carolina, the East Coast, and honestly across the world perspective. Um, 
we love to shine a lot of them so that people are aware of it. And if you ever have any um, live in the satellites you want us to share, you can always message us on our social network or our email. Those will be at the end of the show. But uh, without further ado, you guys can go ahead. All right. So coming right off of this whole music episode, uh, my husband and I got together, combined our passions and one of the things that we created was like a hip hop music channel. For us, um, we have one child, we have one on the way, and we have a total of maybe 20 or nieces and nephews. Um, and there were things that were happening around us where we felt like the music wasn't conducive to uh, how the children were interpreting the world. So. We wrote and produced all original music, um, which we go by Peanut Butter Jams or PB Jams. You can find us on YouTube. And now we are um, collaborating with other educational resources to make sure that we're getting into the schools and the daycares and trying to figure out, aside from a good beat, aside from a catchy tune, like how else we can be incorporated in the lives of these children um, in this next generation. So some of our songs touch on hygiene, which is a huge thing. Some of our songs touch on like body parts in the most positive way. Um, and then confidence, right? Because our characters were built by us. It is literally a peanut butter jam, a peanut butter sandwich and a jar of jelly. We didn't put a black face or a white face to it because we wanted it to be universal but we definitely wanted to reach our children with things that hit home for us, which is good old peanut butter jam sandwich and some good music, right? So we wanted to take away like those antiquated uh, nursery rhymes and make it palatable for not only the children, but for the parents who have to sit in the car rides and listen to the songs over and over again. <laughs> and then the other thing that we did was start an embroidery line. We do custom embroidery right out of Fayetteville, North Carolina. We turned our garage into our workshop and our main clientele at this point would be small businesses. So we do a lot of uniforms. Um, we also run our own customized line of hats. So we just actually released our spring edition, which you can find on www.peanutbutterjams.com. Um, we just call it the, the apparel line. But yeah, we are running basically two businesses. We say two brands, one mission. Um, because we have combined what I would call both of our creative passions to develop a family brand. That's phenomenal, man. That, that's the word right there. First and foremost, when you said talking about hygiene, you were doing the Lord's work as a PE teacher. <laughs> you worried about the acts and people spraying acts in high school. It's Parents, not- I love you. Please make sure your children are bathing in the mornings. However, you need to negotiate that. However you need to figure it out, please do. Your, te- your child's teacher, their classmates, and the special teachers will appreciate you. But in all seriousness, man, that is phenomenal. You guys are an inspiration because as we get into the season of trying to find our passions and to grow, we have to be able to create these spaces. And it takes a level of confidence, like you said, to be able to do those things. So again, all the information is going to be in the show notes, um, as well as on our Instagram page. We'll definitely be shouting them out. So please reach out to them. Um, can you say the website one more time for us? It's peanut butter. Um, jams. Yep. And jams with a Z. So peanut butter, just how you would spell it regularly. And J-A-M-Z jams.com. Um, 
you can find us on Facebook and all those other places. We'll give you guys all that information, but it's peanutbutterjams.com. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So thank you for that. We're actually going to now get into our main topic. We are in part three of our Uncomfortable Truth series. Um, previous episodes, we talked about what leadership and and following, being a follower, or not necessarily follower, but coming along for the ride is probably a good way of putting it. Um, as well as we talked about um, how to lead. How to lead, yes, correct. Mrs. Smith, remind me again, what was the first one again? <laughs> Dog, well, I, see, hey, hey. I know you. It escapes my mind. I, 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 feel like a black, I feel like a black mother sometimes where I'm like, you know the thing, the, th- the thing with the thing. Yes, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um so the one that so the first one you mentioned was um as far as like a a women wanting a well men wanting to lead but can't and women wanting a women wanting a leader but a man can't be doing can't are are not able to do it i should say and then um the first one was men vulnerability being able to being able to be comfortable to be vulnerable to your partner without hearing the oh you're supposed to be tough you're supposed to be you know a man type stuff. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. So as we kind of talk through this, and this was the one that I really wanted to get to, and depending on how this conversation goes, we might do a part two to this. We might not. Who knows? We'll see. But um, this week's question, and this is one that when I told Mr. Smith, he was like, "Ooh, that, ooh, that boy, good." But we're not going to say that right now. Um, It is, how do you handle when the dynamics of your relationship, be it friendship or relationship, change beyond what you anticipated or expected? It's looking spicy. So I know there's a lot to unpack from that. So I guess I'll give you the thought process that I had when I came to this conversation. Um, One thing that I've realized in my walks and in my life that the dynamics and friendships or relationships just relationships period that I've had with other people, they, if they're healthy or they're thriving relationships, they're going to change. That's one of the most constant things in life is change. Whether it be for the good, the bad, or somewhere in the middle, there's always going to be some level of change. Now, as someone who is reflective, I may try to think about, okay, how do I examine these relationships? How is this a beneficial or a positive relationship, this is a negative relationship. How do I kind of examine these things? And then for me, I kind of analyze it. I'm like, okay, based on my experiences and what I've seen from others, I can anticipate X, Y, and Z. And this is probably the extent of where this relationship is probably going to be going, whether it's my friendships or my relationships. So if I recognize a friendship where it's like, we don't kick it anymore. We don't hang out as much anymore. We don't do the same things. We're not we don't want the same things. We're not different. We're at different phases of our life. I can anticipate we're going to start to grow apart, but to a certain point where I'm like, we may not talk all the time, but I can still hit you up or whatever, and we can kick it. And when we're together, it's like time hasn't passed. Or even if time has passed, we still have some level of connection because we had that friendship. Or the adverse with relationships, when start getting distant, less communication, all those things, I can sense a breakup or a fight coming around the distance. So that's kind of where my thought process is. Coach of scientists, did you have something? I was going to ask, do you think sometimes when you process those thoughts or you think about, like, you think ahead, do you think you're acting, you might act prematurely? I would say for me personally, I would say that I would only because 
I think part of where my thought process has happened, and this is a lot of work that I can seriously work on within myself, is that I do a lot of risk assessment in my mind. Is I think I think it's a way that I, I, I sometimes I don't say it or verbalize, but it's kind of like how I try to anticipate it. As a teacher, a lot of times I have to plan out everything to the nine or to the T. So in my mind, a lot of time it works like I have to think worst case scenario. I have to think about multiple factors that play into it. And unfortunately, sometimes that bleeds over into my personal relationships where I may anticipate this is the most negative thing possible. How do I prepare for it? And how do I respond? And how do I deal with it? Because I don't want to be caught in no man's land. Now, whether that's healthy or not, it's, I feel it's dependent upon the situation. But again, those are just my particular experiences. Go ahead. So um, just a thought, right? Mm-hmm. My husband and I have been together for 12 years. We just celebrated 10 years of marriage in March. Phenomenal. Um, thank you. We are very, very close. Like we're best friends, but we are obviously business partners and we're parents and owners of other things, right? Right. Um, and for us, our dynamic has changed a thousand times in the 12 years we've been together um starting from absolutely nothing having similar backgrounds and building to what we have today um there has i would not ever say that there was a power struggle but there have been times where he was in a better place than i was and i've been in a better place than he was and so for me it's managing that expectation that's the only thing that really changes the dynamic because to me he's still my husband he's still the head of the household he's still daddy (laughs) (laughs) two ways you sat down on a hot mic you robbed burgundy the whole thing really i I was like i'm blushing i'm sorry but i'm just saying Bleep that. You know what to do. <laughs> oh, I'm not bleeping that. That's that's hilarious. That is great. We having a serious moment. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I turn red at everything, but I'm just saying, um, but it's managing your internal expectation of that person and then building on that communication. And I'm using us because I have friendships that are older than, you know, he and I's relationship and he does too. But we apply that in our home and then it's easier to apply it to other places. But managing that expectation is everything because you have to give people room. You have, you have to give them room to breathe, change, grow, and then you have to manage your expectations so that you don't experience the disappointment when the things are not what they used to be or what you expect them to be. Message. That's real. I think you should put message after that part. It's already done. <laughs> um, because I was going to say, because I actually 1000% agree with that part. Like, mm. within our relationship mm-hmm. and me in school, uh-huh. we are now in this period of turning over uh-huh. because I'm no longer just a student. Correct. So there's a lot of this, oh, you took care of us a lot. Mm-hmm. And now we're adjusting to, oh, we're both, you know, kind of here but you're still still the man you're still the caretaker but we're still here now mm-hmm. and it's something like i have to adjust my expectations of myself and i have to remember where you were mm-hmm. and i also have to consider your feelings on okay i know i'm this way 
and things are about to change and how is this going to affect him? The problem is that sometimes people don't verbalize and verbalization and communication are most important. So you can think it all you want. You could process it. You could try to work on it all you want. But until you communicate with that person, for real, for real, whoever that person is, it's going to be, you know, it's never going to be okay. And no. even when you, those are tough conversations. It sucks. Mm -hmm. But you got to do it. I mean, you got to live in that uncomfortable space. I think it's always a thing that we try to say a lot. The most growth comes from when you're willing to thrive in the space of uncomfortability and to have that change happen. Because if you do what you've always done, you're going to keep getting what you've always had. That, that's, just, that's just a fact of life. Um, I do want to open it up to not only just making it a relationship, but I want to open it to, to my friends. And I'm what is there something about my friends. Oh, you thinking about? I'm sorry. I was thinking about. I was thinking about you and my friends. Well, you said me, so I mean, I was trying. I know. To... I started off with uh -huh, you, uh -huh, uh -huh. and then I transitioned uh -huh. to my friends. So we we got off the highway. You For example, me, you didn't you didn't tell me I was supposed to get off on that For exit. For example, my uh -huh. friends. Uh -huh. I back in the past, I'm silly. I'm loud. I'm talkative. Yep. And when I'm quiet, uh huh, people think something's wrong. All the time, yes. And my comebacks have not always been the strongest, but over the years. My mouth has gotten quicker. And my friends, I think, have had to adjust to that version of me. Because it was it was always there and they would see it. But I would kind of like, hmm, and go back down. But now I come back. And right. it's like, I stand up for myself a little bit more. Yeah, you, you, you don't throw shade, you throw trees. And then when I tell, and then they say that, and I say, well, whose fault is it? And I say, it's this. And I just be in the background sipping my lemonade like, you go, baby. But in a way... That's my queen right there. Yes. I have always felt yes. that that helped me become a stronger woman, no matter what. Mm -hmm. Because they've always stood by my side, even with all of these changes. And it's still a struggle with all of my type of friends. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if that friend is truly your friend, no matter what happens... Mm -hmm. You should be able to go back to that person years later and have be able to have a heart to heart conversation. Mm. And it should be okay. And I can I can think of at least ten of them people on my hand. That's real. So um, I want to continue to open the floor up. Um, Cherie, Queen C, Mrs. Smith, you guys have any thoughts? Uh, whoever. Okay. Okay. I, I guess I, I was I was trying to get the leads first, but um. Uh, for me, it's on both sides. So, of course, uh, Brother X, culture scientist, Queen C, you've seen me in my past relationships where, like you said, you want to be, you have to be in that uncomfortable space in order to grow from it. And unfortunately, I always took the, what's the word I want to use? Path of least resistance. That, oh, cut, to, you better get on your preaching stick. My nigga. Anywho, <laughs> I, I watched it live action. I saw, I saw all eight seasons of it. <laughs> I was a day one fan. Eight seasons though. <laughs> I, did a, I did a running, I did a running commentary while it happened. You did. You, 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 you have a YouTube series and all that. But oh um, yeah, very much so. But I got yeah, book coming. Oh god. But yeah, you know where I took the path the least resistance. I never tried to, you know, uh, embrace that embrace the uncomfortability and try to work towards a positive resolution for both parties, as well as uh, kind of what the Bowser said, which is managing your expectations. I feel like on both sides, we didn't manage our expectations well, which then ultimately ended up with how us ended. 
Um, so I think that's definitely a big thing. And it's, even in my friendships, um, I had a best friend that was, ooh, we were best friends since like third grade. Both of us were in uh, Cub Scouts together. Both of us played video games. Both of us were in basketball, whole nine spang. And um, both of us were actually in IT. Both of us ended up going to different uh, software companies. But as the years progressed and things kind of branched off, he was with his friends. I was with my friends. And then you could kind of see like the expectations kind of change to where like he's making excuses of things that he don't need to make excuses for. And then for me, my biggest thing is always about family, whether friendship or regular family. That is the most important thing to me. So when you are leaving your friend's family to hang out with people you just met and like, or, and I'm talking like, it, it would be different if it was like, okay, we're going out for like, you know, to a bar or something. But if it's a milestone birthday, like your 25th birthday, that's where I don't respect, especially coming from where we come from, where a lot of our friends didn't make it to C21. Hell, they didn't even make it to C18, some of them. Right. So when you miss stuff like that, because, oh, I want to talk to these people I just met in Europe, I don't rock with that. That's not cool when you have somebody like, that's like me, that's like when the brother X and coach of scientists, when they get married, giggity, giggity, when they get married and the day of their wedding, I'm like, you know what? I met somebody in Tanzania. I'm going to go hang out with them on the day you went like, that's no, that's, that's irreparable. So sir, sir. <laughs> <You'll be shot. laughs> oh with a blow I, dart with a blow dart first of all i'm gonna be shot by you the culture scientist mama x mama scientist daddy x daddy scientist queen c there's a whole laundry list oh yeah so, no yeah. no no it'd be a firing squad oh, yeah. blow darts of course <laughs> blow, darts. blow darts with what what wait, wow. wait a minute that's no can we bleep that? Please. <laughs> Can we bleep Please. that? I'm true to myself. <laughs> you got one that you got to worry about. Listen. Damn. <laughs> Just kill me slow, huh? Sheesh. I didn't say I would kill you now. Never said I would kill you. Wow. Oh, so I'm just going to be fucked up for the I rest of my life? You. A little bit. A, but I would never kill you. That's rude. It's not a my lie. Oh, oh, I. <laughs> you, you act so fresh tonight. Mrs. Smith, continue. <laughs> no, but um, but but just to end off, you know, like when you, the biggest thing, and I, I am so appreciative for the Bowsers for saying this, managing expectations, which is what I'm going to take in my next relationship and, and and friendships, understanding that all of us are getting older, all of us have different responsibilities, careers, all that stuff. People have kids. People have, uh, you know, different. I guess, uh, not hobbies we'll say that that might take them in other places and being able to understand that you know me and brother x always joke about this yes we would always like to go back to college to where if on a random tuesday but like, yo what you doing nothing all right let's go let's hang out and play video games because we have that time but right. now <sighs> niggas got bills niggas got mortgages <laughs> <laughs> we got electric cable Every streaming service you can name up, and don't get me started on insurance. We Dang just gonna leave that there. We just, we just want to hang out on a beach for a little while. Yes. Hey, just wait yes. on it. We're gonna take the podcast international. Psych. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to say, you want me to take my stuff? I, okay. Psych. <laughs> I would do that. 
But um, no, I think that's real. Um, Queen C, Sharif? I can go. Okay. Um, so I definitely agree with what the Bowser said um, about managing your expectations. Um, one of the best experiences I've had as far as romance goes was one I went into with literally no expectations. I, I didn't have any expectation of what it would be, what it should be, what it could be. And it was just one of those things where we kept it 100, upfront, honest, forthcoming. And I try to take part of that experience with me throughout life of, you know, yes, I have expectations, but where do they fit in the situation? Because sometimes my expectations aren't necessary. Mm. Um, the other thing is, especially with the friendship aspect of it, Brother X and, and Mr. Smith and I have known each other going on 14 years. God, oh, that's a long time. All right, continue. We old. <laughs> we friendship years old. We is I'm, old. No, I'm sorry, Mr. Smith. You are old. We are seasoned. Wow, really? <laughs> No, no. No, brother X. We are Larry's. He's old bay. There we go. I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take that. That doesn't never mind. That's a compliment to you. I was gonna say, I was like, I I don't think no, it's because it's from Maryland. Then so yeah. Okay, don't let the mask in the way of the good story. All right, continue. (laughs) Anyway, we're not talking about that right now. You just We'll talk about it. <laughs> All right. But over 14 years, we have changed as individuals and the complexities of our friendship has also changed. At one point in time, I would say both of them were my best friend. Right now, I can honestly say Brother X and Mr. Smith are a lot closer um, than I am to either one of them. We're still all good friends, but the dynamics changed. And we've learned the ebb and flow of, you know, what our friendship is, needs to be, where it's going, where it's coming from. Because to last 14 years, you, you got to be, you know, on your game. Things happen. People change, hopefully for the better. Not always. In this instance, I feel like we've all grown for the better. Um, but you just have to allow people is one of the, one of the things brother X said, sometimes you just have to let people make their own mistakes. So if they're going to go off, you know, somewhere and it's not something you expected, that's okay. Maybe that's part of their path. Maybe that's part of something they need to do to grow, to become a better partner, friend, etc. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the end of a friendship, but like the Bowser said, manage your expectations so that at the end of the day, you're not really, it's going to hurt regardless, but it's not as bad as what it could be. Very, very true. Coach scientist. Um, Before I say what I want to say, does um, Sherry have anything to say? Sure. Sherry, sorry. 
can't talk um i'm sitting here taking this all in and i hope that all the listeners are taking this in as me being um finishing up my undergrad at hampton i am currently um going through the changes in the friendships and the relationships aspect so i am truly honestly taking it all in and um i like what the bowser said about um uh something about expectations i can't remember exactly but oh managing your expectations i truly enjoy that because i can see as a person um i like um like my cousin said i do think um 10 steps ahead and i do sometimes assume the worst uh, when it comes to relationships and for friendships i always pour a lot into them and when they do not work out the way I planned. Um, it does hurt a lot more than like um, Queen C said, it shouldn't hurt as much, but it does because I hold them to a high expectation. And when they don't meet it, sometimes it it um, dims the light a little bit. So I'm just taking it all in and I hope the <laughs> listeners, you guys are taking it in and learning from what they've learned from and um, like me, just taking notes. <laughs> I will say real quick, and I'll let you have your point. I think that to your point about like trying to like the hurt that comes from that, I think a lot of times where those expectations come in and where that hurt comes in is that honestly, sometimes it's not even that I don't, and if someone said it, I do apologize, but it's not always necessary the expectations you have of others is that the internal expectation of what you have of yourself and what you would do for that relationship because that bond, that connection and when the person who you feel like you guys are on this, we we here like I, we 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 linked up like the Wi-Fi, and then you get there and I throw you a no look pass and it goes into the third row of the bleachers, and then you saw one is like yo, I thought we was good, I thought we we was here, we we was in the trust tree, and then you start to get disappointed when all actuality is that sometimes things miss, sometimes things are misfire, and that's okay because ultimately as long as you have that ability to regroup and come find that medium and reconnect and get back to what the core of that friendship or relationship is then you're able to still grow from it because then it stops being a divot or a schism in your relationship it now becomes a growing point or a foundation to a deeper level connection coach of sciences i was gonna say i think you have to allow failure. You have to nice. learn how to fail. You have to learn to accept failure. Exactly. And you have to learn to allow people to be who they're going to be. It's okay for you to get upset. It's okay for you to be like, why aren't you doing what I want? But you still have to like reflect. You have to take the time and think about, okay, how can I help this person be a better person for both of us? And again, this is applying to all types of relationships, not just romantic relationships. I say this because I'm thinking about, I'm grateful for all of my experiences and all the people I've met through the years because it helped me became, become a better person. So I think what we're more afraid of from those managing the expectations things is we're really afraid of the the, like the fear mm-hmm. and they're afraid of the hurt so the fear is the part that actually controls a lot of our actions mm. and we have to allow that pain and I think in many ways so I 
my my relationship with school. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about my relationship with school. It burnt me. Okay, mm-hmm. it made me cry every night. Mm. But at the same time, it helped me realize what I want to do. Right. It helped me understand better why that was not for me. Mm-hmm. And if I would have managed my expectations a little bit more earlier, and if I spoke my mind a little bit earlier, maybe I would have transitioned to a better position for myself. And then the whole part about uh, friendships and managing them, just in general, I think me living with HIV, mm-hmm has caused me to look at my friendships consistently. Right. And I used to like, in my mind, I wouldn't say I actually begged, but I always worried, would I have friends? Mm -hmm. Would I have enough friends? Would people like me? This and this and that. And I'm grateful over the years, it's gotten way better, extremely better. Um, But that helped me in a way understand if a friendship is meant to be, it will be. If a relationship is supposed to be, it will be because people, some people just disappeared out of my life Mm. and I had to accept that. Right. So those are things that my life experiences taught me with friendships. And then my most recent fiasco of a friendship Mm -hmm. brought me to you. Hey. But then our friendship is no longer there. A part of the story. Yeah. Continue. And I'm grateful to Mm -hmm. that person. Right. And I have no ill will to that person. However, this leads me to my point of what I wanted to ask. How do you handle when that relationship changes exactly? How do you bring up that conversation? Do you even attempt to have a conversation? Do you want to save that relationship or that friendship or whatever it is? Mm -hmm. And then if so, is it worth it? Mm. Quincy, I'm going to let you go first and then I'll give my thoughts. Yeah, go ahead. All right, because I'm glad she asked the question because my thoughts were already going there and ironically enough culture scientists and brother x y'all have parallel stories that brought you two together there was a commonality because again brother x and i have known each other 14 years from the time we were 17 18 years old now us as big rusty 30 somethings you had no hair no. <laughs> back before back before either one of us was locked like what? and at one point we had a lot of misfirings in our friendship and I had to take a step back and I'm like what's happening here and in my evaluation I felt like I was the common denominator I'm one of those friends who will disappear, but I will give you a heads up before I do it. Like, hey, I'm going through some stuff. I need to figure this out on my own. Like, you know, if we come back together, we come back together. Cool. This was an experience I had with Brother X about six years ago. Mm -hmm. Literally like a month, if it was even that long after I told him like, hey, let's put it on friendship on pause. I need to figure myself out. I'm going through some stuff. He met the culture scientist. Life is crazy like that. So for me, coming back to it, for me, my friendship with him with him was worth saving. Right. Because we not just because we've gone through a lot, because we've helped each other grow. We've seen, you know, 
the negative parts of each other. And we have the ability to pull one another to the side, like, hey, you know, telling you this as a friend out of love, it's not a good look. And then go and evaluate ourselves. But I feel like because at the time he and I were best friends, those two parallel situations created an opening in both of your lives at the same time for y'all to meet. That's fate. And I can honestly say, I love the culture scientist like a sister. The minute I met her, I, I loved her. I went and gave her the biggest hug. I was like, hey, sis, what's up? Like, how you doing? You know, I'm the wayward child. I'm back now. <laughs> See, and I knew you but... were the wayward child. <laughs> so at first I was like, mm, I don't know. But I'm, I mean, I'm honest and upfront about it. But that's one of those things, not just managing your expectations of other people, managing your expectations of yourself. If I want this action for myself, if I want somebody to say, hey, you know, this isn't working or hey, I need time, you know, to myself to figure things out. I don't want them to just disappear. Can you give me a heads up? Can you let me know what's going on? Mm -hmm. That's real. So I think with mm -hmm. that being said, I think we left off on a really good part where we could make this an easy part too to answer that question. So listen, yeah, we kind of to digest uh, the, the meaty bits and of everything that we talked about. So listen, I think that when you come back to next week's episode, we're going to have a part two where we kind of talk about like, what are some tools? What are some ways that you can have this conversation? Do you have this conversation? All the things that the coach scientists accurately said. So with that being said, guys, please take what everything that I shared here, the parts that take the fish, take the meat, spit out the bones. The delivery is not always as important as it's, it's an expression that my father told me. And I'll explain later. But it's one of those things where it's like, take the time to digest these things. And then if you have any thoughts, you can always contact us on our social media at the TNT pod one, two, three on Twitter truth and transparency pod on instagram the truth and transparency podcast on facebook and if you have any thoughts or any things you want to give us feedback on you can always email us at truth and transparency pod 123 at gmail.com for myself the coach of scientists mr smith all of our guests first and foremost i want to thank you guys for take time out of your day to be able to talk with us on the podcast really appreciate this dope conversation and for all of our listeners and our supporters and those who may have not heard us yet or are hearing us for the first time, we are, they are forever grateful. We are forever grateful. And with that being said, guys, if this podcast gets no bigger than what it is right now, we are forever grateful. Thank you. And we'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Ugh, you ugly as fuck, you are.